0: Testament so uh, at this time though he's talking to the church and he's encouraging the church and letting them know that God loves them, uh, that God chose them, that He specifically uh, selected them and chose them and called them, and that in the time that they lived in that they needed to stand firm and so that's our focus today uh, and so I want to encourage you as fathers as men and as women of God uh, to t- stand firm uh, wherever you are and so uh, as I bow my head and pray, then we'll jump right into it. Heavenly Father. I thank you for this day. What a beautiful day this is. I thank you for the wind that's blowing and uh, for the sun that's shining. Thank you, uh, Lord Jesus, that you are uh, the living word. Thank you that, that, that you came, that you accommodated yourself and, and came down. Uh, God incarnate to us and that you revealed yourself to us, that, that, that you enlightened us to who you were. And so uh, we're grateful to be your children this morning, to be uh, the called out ones, to be chosen by you, to be loved. In Christ's name. Amen. So let's take up our text really quick. But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish them in every good work and word. Then on in chapter 3, he says, Finally, brothers, pray for us. That's what Paul says, that the word of the Lord... May speed ahead and be honored as happened among you. And that we may be delivered from the wicked men. For not all have faith, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. And we have confidence in the Lord about you. That you are doing and will do the things that we command. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ our Lord. And that's the uh, word of the Lord. And so uh, we see here uh, in this passage that, that Paul is writing uh, to the church, and so uh, the church is under great persecution, but yet in the midst of, of enduring that great persecution, they have a dynamic testimony as they have grown in and through that very persecution. And so this persecuted church is, is full of people who are Greeks and, and who are Romans and Jewish and Gentile believers. And what Paul is wanting them to do, he is wanting them to do is to be encouraged and to be strengthened, to be encouraged and strengthened even in the midst of their persecution. And so my message to you today, especially considering the times that we're in, that we're living in right now, my desire for you is that you go away from here today encouraged and strengthened, encouraged and strengthened in your hearts. And so even in the midst of the turbulent battle that we are enduring with uh, the battle against COVID-19, uh, my prayer for you is that you go about being encouraged and strengthened. Even in the midst of the turbulent battle that we deal with the social injustice and equality in our country today, my word for you today is to go forth from here when we close, encourage and strengthen. And so I believe that if we will find courage, if we will be strengthened, that it will be because we have determined to stand firm on the solid rock and on the person and character of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so as that first song said, On Christ the solid rock, I stand. And how many know that all other ground it is sinking sand? And so in these tough times, in the in the days that seem like that they're chaotic, and in the days of pain and tribulation and trouble uh, that we all endure right now, uh, the two most important words that I want you to remember today is stand firm. And, and so I wish I was inside so I could hear you reply back to me, stand firm. Because I think that that standing firm has a lot to do with how we position ourselves, but it also has to do with what we're standing on. And so I say and I declare that on Christ, the solid rock, I will stand because every other ground is sinking sand. And so uh, today I hope that you will stand with me and stand firm for love, that you will stand firm uh, for hope and stand firm for peace and for justice and for truth and stand firm For integrity and stand firm with and for those who suffer from systematic injustice. I hope that you will stand with and for those uh, who are fighting for equality, both men and women, that you will stand firm in these days and in these times that we live in right now. The word of the Lord for us today is to stand firm. And so I believe that if we, the church, man, that if we can stand firm, and I believe that we can. But more importantly, if we will stand firm, I believe that in the times that we live in now, the season that we are in right now, that we will see a revival in the church as never before if we, the church, will stand firm in the place that God wants us to stand in. And so my challenge to us as the church is is to put on love instead of putting on indifference, to put on hope and healing instead of hatred and hostility, to put on empathy instead of apathy, and to put on affirmation instead of condemnation. And so I say this is the time for the church to rise as never before. It may look like that these are dark times, that these are are perilous trouble of times, but I say that this is the season of the church, the church of Jesus Christ. And if we will stand firm on that solid rock, Jesus Christ, then I believe that our world will be a better place to live. And so so Paul is writing to the church in Thessalonica. The people of God, the the called out ones, he's asking them to stand firm as he does there, to stand firm in the midst of the chaos and to be the light of God and the hope to the nations. And so I believe that this is our hour, to be the light of God and to the hope to the nations. And so, my brothers and sisters, even as we are are waging a sort of warfare against COVID-19, and it seems to be getting worse and worse, and even as we are waging a sort of warfare against injustice in our society, Uh, racial injustice in particular, and I believe that it appears that this warfare is getting worse and worse. I say that the weapons of our warfare, that they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so I say that now it's time for strongholds in our nation, our city, and our community to be pulled down as never before once and for all. And so I want you to hock your horns with me if you're committed to standing firm in this hour that we're in right now. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, I hear those whores, but, but be careful, be careful what you hunt for, all right? Because I, I don't believe that, that we can stand firm for Christ and not stand firm for those of our brothers and sisters who are in Christ. I don't believe that we can stand firm for Christ without standing firm for what Christ stood for. And so I believe that Christ stood for hope. He stood for unity That Christ stood for peace. He stood for justice and righteousness and for equality for all people. And so I believe that it's up to us. It's incumbent upon us who are called the children of God to stand firm even in this hour. And so I say together we stand and there will be no divisive fall because we will stand together and stand on the solid rock, which is Christ Jesus. Uh, Listen, you can't stand on politics. It's sinking sand. You can't stand on economic strength, as we know right now. That's sinking sand also. You can't stand on the word of elected officials no matter what the party, because that's sinking sand. I say it's only on Christ that's the solid rock that we can stand on. And so today, as we're, as we're approaching Independence Day, man, I, I, I look at our great country, this country we lived in, and I, and I served in our national armed forces, and I served proudly, and I would serve again if they didn't think I was a bit overweight and a little bit too old. Uh, but, but, I, but I love our country. I traveled the world. And I love this great country that we have called America. But I can't stand on my national identity, and nor can you. It's sinking sand. Uh, the, the, the truth is, God is not an American. He's just not an American. And so, though I stand uh, for America and stand proudly so, I stand more for the people in America than I do for the idea of America. And so, I believe that it's incumbent upon us who are Christ followers to stand more, to fight more for the people in our country than we do for the identity and our idea of our country. And so I wanna say also, as I look out today and, and I see uh, this great crowd of believers, uh, white men and, and black men, white and black women and Hispanics and, and who knows whatever ethnicity we are. I say that, that, that we need to know that we can't stand on our ethnicity and our cultural foundations. It's sinking sand. Yeah, as much as I'm proud to be an African American and, and I love our culture, I love uh, the way uh, our young youth pastor wears those crazy-looking dreadlocks. As much as I love my culture as a as a black man, I can't stand on my culture alone because that's sinking sand. And so it's the same for you, whether you're white, black, or whether you're Hispanic or, or, or Asian or whatever your ethnicity. Unless we stand on Christ, we stand on sinking sand. One of my biggest prayers right now, is that in the midst of this fight for equality, especially for us uh, who are African-American in particular, and one of my biggest prayers is not that we would, would, would shirk back and pull back from the fight for justice and equality, but my biggest concern for us is that, is that we will continue to fight for better, but that we would not become bitter in that fight. That we will continue to fight and to stand and to protest for better, but that we will fight against what it means to become bitter. And, and so for you who are my white brothers and sisters. My prayer for you is that you don't get so content in your position of better that you don't engage in the battle for equality that we're all a part of as followers of Christ. I want to take a moment real quick because it's Father's Day to tell you a story about my father. One of the greatest influences of my life uh, was my dad. He was a a man of God, but he wasn't always that. Uh, I happen to come along in a long line of brothers and sisters where... By the time it got to me, my father was a Christ-following uh, believer, and so I got to see that great side of who he was. But I can tell you a story uh, about today here, right now, about when we had an encounter when I was just a teenager with with law enforcement and with police officers, when a slap across the mouth for me resulted in me making a decision to become either bitter or better. And so, so here I was a teenager with my dad, who was a plumber, uh, and so... Man, I, I, while other kids were out playing on Saturday, I was going out learning uh, how to put in hot water heaters and how to clear drains and things like that with my dad. And I love that. And I'll never forget my 10 years. And we were we were working one day in the community. Uh, it was a vacant house. No one lived there. We, we were sent by a real estate agent to do the work to to clear out clogged drains. And, and I'll never forget, all of a sudden, I heard the police radio and, and two officers walked into the room where we were working at. And I'll never forget them looking, and i never forget the, the tension that went through my body as, as I knew what to do uh, to make sure that we dropped whatever tools we had and that we showed our hands. And, and I remember their voices, what are you doing here, boy? And I, I would have thought that he was talking to me, but he was looking at my dad. What are you doing here, boy? i never forget my dad who, who hung his head down uh, low as you had to do back in the 70s. And he said, well, sir, we're just here working today, just doing a little work, if that's okay with you, sir. And the officer said, well, no, it's not okay. You boys need to get your stuff. and You need to get out of here. You don't belong here today. You don't, you don't belong in this community. You need to get your stuff and get gone. And so my father did what you had to do back then. He he hung his head down. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Me and my boy, we're going to get our stuff together. And I never forget us gathering the tools in the toolbox. And, and the cop walked over and kicked the toolbox. And my, my father still down low uh, gathered the tools in the toolbox. And, and we got our stuff. And you get now, boy. And we went on out and we, we put the stuff in the van. And I'll never forget uh, riding down the road from there, the silence, the deafening silence uh, that was inside that truck as me and my dad sat side by side. I'll never forget the fuming anger that was boiling up inside of me as tears were streaming down my, my face. And in the silence, I, I finally cried out. I finally said, I hate those white. And, and I said some other words. And all of a sudden, my dad reached across with a firm grip uh, some would call it a slap. And he placed his hand hard across my mouth and he said, no, he says, that's not who we are. That's not who I raise you to be. We don't hate and we will not hate and hate will not become a part of who we are and who you will be as a man. And so, and so I sat there still feeling the, the angst, sat there still feeling the anger and the frustration. Yeah. And, and, and we rolled down the road. And I don't know if you guys know uh, what humming is. I know these millennial types don't know what humming is. But my dad began to hum a song. And I don't know what that song was. I don't remember what it was. But I have a feeling if I if I went back in time, there was probably something that went something like, on Christ the solid rock, I stand. All the ground the sinking sand. I learned that day because my dad went on to tell me that, Daryl, if you allow hate to get in your heart, if you allow hate to take root in the person of who you are, it's worse than those drains that we're trying to clear when we go in and try to clear drains in a house. It's almost impossible to get hate out. I want to move on just about two years later. Uh, there again, I was with my dad and enjoying uh, one of our favorite shows, uh, Gunsmoke. I don't know why I think that show was just a great, great show, but I was watching that with my dad again just in our house, and I'll never forget sitting there, and the telephone call Uh, came in across the telephone. And so the words that my father said two years ago came forth now to test that resolve about standing firm and not allow bitterness to creep into our hearts. And so as the phone rang, I I saw my dad pick it up. And I don't know what the words were that came across uh, that phone, but I do know I saw my father say, okay, and he put the phone down and I saw him weep and wail as never before. I had never never ever seen my father cry before he just was not that kind of guy and he bowed low again and he cried and he cried out and and I stood there waiting and, and it felt like for hours it felt like just listening to him wail and moan and groan and, and and I hadn't shared this story with a lot of other people but I'm sharing with you today when he when he got off the phone he said Daryl your brother is dead and I, and I said what still young teenage Daryl what he said, yeah, Daryl, your brother was shot and killed by a Cincinnati police officer. I, I still remember that room spinning around because this wasn't, this wasn't a brother who was just a guy down the street that we just call one of our brothers. This wasn't just a cousin or somebody, some distant relative. No, this was my brother who was shot and killed by a Cincinnati police officer. It moved forward about 10 or 12 years Again, at that same house, I never forget the day walking in to my dad. The day I went in, I said, hey, dad, I'm thinking about taking a new job. I'm thinking about taking a new new job. Dad, I I think I'm going to become a Cincinnati police officer. I never forget my heart pounding wondering what was going to come out of his mouth. Looking back at the years of testing from the moment when I was a youngster, and, I, and he endured many moments like that, where we could have been bitter, but instead he decided to, to to call for the better in us. And then I looked down the line when I remember the phone call that he got saying that my brother was killed by none other than a Cincinnati police officer, shot in the head. And back then we didn't ask questions. You couldn't go down and file a citizen's complaint. You, you just had to just deal with the fact. You didn't know why or what the details were about it, nor could you ask, But I still remember that day and, and and that next day after that shooting, in fact, I remember we didn't wake up after that Saturday to that Sunday and, and go down to a morgue. We went to church uh, when my brother got killed and, and I saw my father who was then the Baptist deacon go up front, kneel down as he did every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday, and, and he sang his prayer as they did so well back then. But so now, now 12 or so years later, I stood before him again and I had to have that conversation Dad. I want to become one of those one of those who, who were so cruel uh, to call you boy when you've been a better man than I think I could ever be. One of those who were so cruel who, who took the very life of your son. And now I want to become one of those. I'll never forget the words that my, my father told me. He says, Daryl, I tell you that I can't think of a better way to bring change and to make change in a system that's corrupt than to become part of that system and change it from the inside out. And he walked over to me, he put his arm around, arm around me, and he told me that he was proud of me for making that decision. I, I look further now and I, at my son on this Father's Day who, who got a chance to serve, you talk about poetic justice, he, he got a chance to serve uh, uh, in the Department of Justice as an attorney who went around from state to state, state to city, and his main job was to prosecute police officers who, who broke their oath and who brutalized and and harmed citizens in our country. And so I learned a lesson then that that on Christ, he's the only solid rock, the only foundation that we can stand on. We can't stand on our ethnic identity. We can't stand on our, our politics. We can't stand on our economic condition. Only on Christ. He's the only solid rock that we can stand on. And every other ground, every other ground, our white privilege, our our desire to separate ourselves from those who struggle on the streets and and hold up signs that say black lives do matter. Every other ground is sinking sand only on Christ. And so today my charge to you is to continue to stand firm only on Christ, only on that solid rock is there really hope. I look back at the passage in there and I see the first thing that Paul did was says that the Christians in that church, though they were persecuted, that they were loved by God. Not only that, but they were chosen by God, and they were called. They were called to share in the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not only to share in the power of His resurrection, but also to share in the persecution, and in the sorrow, and in the struggle, and in the suffering. So today, uh, my brothers and sisters, today is Father's Day for me. And, uh, and, it, and I hope today that you go away from here encouraged and strengthen and, uh, that we can yet be people of hope, people of courage and faith, that we can stand firm on love and unity and, and stand firm most of all on Jesus Christ, the only solid rock that we can stand on. There's a passage in John 16:3 that says this, "In this world, you're gonna have trouble. It's just the way it is, folks. but take heart is what it says. Jesus says, I have overcome the world. And so my challenge to you is to take heart and stand firm on Christ today. Bow your heads with me uh, as I close in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, i uh given the, uh, the encouraging <laughs> charge to stand firm uh, to those of us who are here today. Uh, God, my prayer is that we don't go from here uh, offended or angry, but we go away with our hearts full of hope and encouragement. God, that that we go forth as people who know what it means to stand firm on Christ, your son. Uh, God, these are troubled times that we have right now that we're in, but but we don't stand as people without hope. we hope in you, in Christ alone. In Christ's name, amen.